the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. President Trump is reminding voters about the economy as he faces impeachment in the House of Representatives. With Democrats focused on impeachment, the president is touting the performance of the economy. He tweets that the stock market is posting record numbers, noting that for the year, the Dow is up 19 percent, the S&P is up 24 percent, and the Nasdaq is up 29 percent. The president also is highlighting the just-released employment report showing 266,000 jobs created last month and a 3.5 percent jobless rate that matches a 50-year low. Greg Clugston, The White House. The FBI says it is working under the presumption that a fatal shooting at a Florida naval base last week carried out by an aviation student from Saudi Arabia was an act of terror. All international students at the Pensacola base have been locked down. This is SRN News. Eric Metaxas believes everyone needs prayer. I'm called to pray for my ideological uh, enemies. Jesus commands us to pray for our enemies. And I want to say that just because we've gotten into a very difficult time. We need to pray for our enemies, love one another. We can differ, but let's try really hard uh, to hear each other, to give each other the benefit of the doubt, and to, to have grace for each other. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. This Christmas, don't do ordinary, do extraordinary with a gift from Wix and Jewelers. There are only 17 days till Christmas, and Wix and Jewelers in Bloomington is open every day until Christmas to make your shopping easy. Just past 1 o'clock here on the Sunday afternoon in the Twin Cities, let's take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. We have mostly cloudy skies today with a high of 33. Wintry mix likely tonight with a low of 23. And we got hour one of the Brad Carlson Show of the Narn starting right now here on The Patriot. expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and go launch sequence. Engineering go flight. Master control go flight. Studio engineer go flight. We are go for launch in T-3 2 1 The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. I'm just kind of perusing Twitter as the uh, music startup music was playing. Uh, the uh, gentleman who played uh, Big Bird has passed away, Carol Spinney. Oh, no. Yeah, he was 85 years old. Uh, you know, he wore the Big Bird suit. Uh, and people, you know, they see the name Carol Spinney. They think it was a woman. No, it was a gentleman. Okay. Carol Spinney was the uh, p- person in the... I mean, Sesame Street is literally is as old as I am. It started in 1969. Sure. And, of course, I watched it first 10, 12 15 years of my life. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't let it go. What could I say? I guess it, not. It was a memorable part of my childhood, <laughs> as was Mr. Rogers. By the way, I still need to see the Mr. Rogers movie. As, as do I. There's the Tom Hanks movie, mm-hmm. and then there was the bio, there was a documentary with uh, about Mr. Rogers yeah. himself. I haven't seen either of them yet. Neither have I, so got to get on that. But uh, uh, rest in peace, Carol Spinney, again, age 85. Uh, apropos, not much. Wasn't anything I was going to talk about, but I happen to notice it while uh, perusing Twitter here. But I do have a lot to get to. In this first hour, there's some news uh, regarding the Democrat presidential candidates, and I'll get to that in the next couple of segments. But I do want to give at least a cursory mention to uh, impeachment. Uh, Obviously, we have a lot of Trump supporters in our audience, uh, but nevertheless, I I do uh, want to talk about it. 
Uh, I think it was uh, it was F. Scott Fitzgerald who said uh, that the test of a first rate in t- of the test of first rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. Now, why do I bring that up? Well, my thought in pouring over everything that has come out on President Trump's conduct uh, regarding Russia and regarding this Ukraine business. He was not a Russian asset, and the uh, Mueller report pretty much laid that out. But that does not mean that he was above board in his conduct during his campaign and then subsequently as president. And then with with this Ukraine business, similar situation, you could make a very strong case there was a quid pro quo, despite what everybody else says. And here's the thing. The Ukrainian president coming out and saying there was no quid pro quo doesn't mean there wasn't. I'm just saying Uh, I bring this up because the Democrats are just putting forth a poor case. They are. And it is shown in the voters' uh, support for this impeachment process. Now, as is everything in partisan politics, you're going to have the majority of Democrats that support impeachment. You're going to have the majority of Republicans opposing impeachment. So people are focusing on the independents. Now, going in to the impeachment proceedings, independence by a, a plurality supported impeachment. But as the hearings have gone on for, what, three, four weeks, however long it's been, all of a sudden the tide has turned and a plurality of independents oppose impeachment. And obviously this is panicking Democrats because Trump will go that the, they'll probably drop the articles of impeachment because the Democrats have the majority in the House. They'll vote to impeach him. It will go to the Senate where there'll be a trial. And unless you're going to get 20 Republican senators joining 47 Democrats, Trump's not going to be thrown out of office. So all of a sudden uh, we're going into 2020 with an economy that is looking fantastic. These job numbers look better than ever. Um, again, You can argue whether that's attributable to Trump's policies or not. That's a fair debate, but it is what it is. And people are just going to know how well they're doing. And it's panicking Democrats. I'm of the mindset that we go so quickly from outrage to outrage in this country that this is, once the Senate acquits him next month, whenever it is, and we get into the 2020 campaign, none of this is going to matter. It's just not. I'm sorry. That, that, that. Maybe an unpopular opinion, and if I turn out to be wrong, you can call up, call me up, and tell me. But I just don't think it's going to matter because we go from outrage to outrage so quickly in this day and age of, of partisan politics. Well, I say all that to say that the media has taken it upon themselves to aggressively put forth their agenda. We've always known that reporters have had a bias. And it's always tilted toward the left. We've known this. But it's gotten to the point now where they're not even trying to hide it anymore. Uh, Margaret Sullivan, who used to be the ombudsman with the New York Times, which is, um, well, another title would be public editor. And the public editor's job, and this is from uh, uh, an Alapundit piece at Hot Air, is to provide space for readers' grievances about the paper's coverage. That is, if anyone in journalism should be mindful of the fact that the average person doesn't always and shouldn't always share the media's outlook, it's Sullivan. Yet here we are. Why do I bring her up? She's now with the Washington Post. She writes a column for the Washington Post. And she feels that, and she's seeing that, not a lot of people are being swayed on impeachment. And 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 there will be some will be dismissive of it, say, well, not a lot of people are paying attention. Well, uh, viewership is surprisingly high, despite the fact that it's at times bland and boring. Yeah, the, it can get pretty contentious and entertaining from a reality TV standpoint, but for the most part, it's not all that interesting unless you're, you know, a, a political wonk. But it is undeniably historic because there have only been a handful of presidents in the history of this republic to have been impeached. So apparently, Miss Sullivan takes it upon herself to say, hey, you know what? 
we need to get not only do we need to get people more engaged, we need to help them see that absolutely the president has committed impeachable offenses and therefore should be removed from office. And again, this is from Margaret Sullivan's Washington Post columnist. If anything, weeks into the House of Representatives public impeachment hearings, Americans positions seem to have hardened on whether Trump should be impeached and removed from office. So is the media coverage pointless? Are journalists merely shouting into the void? Far too often, news broadcasts fall prey to false equivalency. This side said this, and this side said that, and we don't want to make anyone mad, so we've got to cut a commercial now. Here's the thing. There are facts. There is truth. We do live in a country that abides by laws and a constitution, and nobody ought to be above them. Despite the hardened positions, some members of the public are still uncertain. Some are persuadable, and yes, it matters. Maybe, just maybe, it's the job of American journalism in this moment to get serious about trying to reach these citizens. To which I say, no, it is not. That is not your job. When when did we reach the point where journalists who got into the business see it as their duty to change the world or it's their goal to change the world. That's that's not what journalism is supposed to do. I mean, you could go. I mean, everybody wants to be a Woodward and Bernstein, I suppose. You know, they're of course the the, the famous uh, writers who who investigated the Watergate scandal during the Nixon administration and blew the lid off of that. And ultimately, uh, President Nixon resigned before he was going to be thrown out of office. Okay, and people look at that and say, "Wow, what those guys did, what those guys put on the line to to really." Uh, stick it to the man, so to speak, and, and take down the, the leader of the free world. You know, everybody wanted to be that. Well, that just happened unwittingly because Woodward and Bernstein were doing their job. Is it is it news that the president of the United States may be behind a uh, an operation which looked to dig up dirt on their opponents, i.e. the Democrats? Yeah, of course it was news, and they reported it as such, and they, and they dug into it. Okay. But that's not journalism's job. Journalism is to report the facts. And if it ends up where authorities read these stories and it leads them to conduct investigations and ultimately to enact whatever justice is to be meted out, then you've unwittingly made a huge difference. But the idea behind that vocation is to report facts. Now, it's impossible to report on a story, you know, it's it's impossible to have an unbiased person report on a story. Everybody has their biases. Everybody has their opinions. I get that. It'd be naive to say, well, you can't go into this business with any kind of bias because everybody has it. But there's a difference between being biased, okay, and then flat out trying to influence people to see your point of view. That's not what your job is. Okay, now I get it. If you're a columnist, op-ed columnist, you give your opinion. Okay, that much is true. But to say that you're going to go beyond that opinion and try to sway people to your mindset, it's not how any of this works. And uh, again, I'll continue with uh, Ala Pundit's piece at Hot Air where he basically says the same thing. It's not the job of American journalism to command the attention of people who aren't that interested in impeachment and to get them to form the right opinion. The job of American journalism is to gather facts and present them fairly and impartially. What a concept. Sullivan is intrigued by a recent 538 article suggesting that as many as 12% of Americans are Republicans who are persuadable on impeachment, and therefore she's noodling ways to persuade them. Why? I don't know. Even if you ceded all 12% to the pro-impeachment column, the Senate GOP still isn't voting to remove Trump. And we're assuming a lot by assuming that everyone who says they're persuadable really is persuadable. 538 notes that there are more self-styled moderates in the persuadable group than there are in the groups in the group that's more certain in its view of impeachment. It may be that people who view themselves as moderate also pride themselves on keeping an open mind in all things. So naturally, they'd claim that they're persuadable on something as important as removing the president. So, uh, again, this is panicking people who don't want to see Trump reelected. And again, 
had this been a standalone issue where they never talked about impeachment until impeachable offenses were actually brought to the forefront, maybe they might be doing what better with the public. But this is just a classic case of crying wolf because literally since uh, 2017, well, president was elected in 2016, inaugurated in 2017, literally before he was even inaugurated, obviously they were talking about the Russian interference in our elections, which is indisputable. That happened. But they soon dragged it out into Trump was a Russian asset. And then the Mueller report shot that down. But if you dig deeper into the Mueller report, there were some offenses committed by Trump and his campaign that you could argue were impeachable. But the problem is the Democrats just went for broke saying that Trump was a Russian asset. And then they extended out to where he committed treason and or with this Ukraine business, it was bribery. Bribery? It, you know, you're just going so far beyond the scale, you're just glossing over these smaller offenses, but they're still offenses and could be brought up on stand, you know, standalone charges here. But again, because they've sold out to this impeachment since day one, it, it it's crying wolf. Now, does that mean that it's that people should be less to, less engaged because of that? No, you should still be engaged. Absolutely. But you certainly got to understand it from the voter standpoint. So we've been hearing this time and time and time again, and nothing's ever come of it. Nothing's come to fruition. We're done. We're out. We're tired of it. We've got impeachment fatigue. And in the meantime, uh, Jim Cramer, CNBC, the, the money guy, does he still do Mad Money, that TV show? I have no idea. I think he does. Okay. Booyah! <laughs> you know, Jim Cramer says that these are the best job numbers he's ever seen in his life. Okay, what was it? Three Unemployment down to 3.5%. Uh, 266,000 jobs added in, in November, okay? And if these, a semblance of these numbers continue into 2020, all of a sudden people are, not only are they going to have impeachment fatigue, but they're going to say, you know what, I'm doing pretty good, and this business of Medicare for all and all this stuff that the Democrats are are, are ginning up, uh, that's not for me. So, yeah, I you know, Trump's the guy, all right? I've said it 100 times before on this show, and I'll say it again. The Democrats had one job, and that is to not come off as bat crap crazy. And they just can't do it. They can't do it. It's almost in your DNA if you compl- if you claim to be a Democrat. It's unbelievable. What a time to be alive. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. You hear a lot of business people talk about core values these days. That sounds good, but if you're like me, you're just not sure what that means until you come across a company like Core Mark Metals. Owners Diane and John Dormanen founded the company in 1992 on this basic principle provide quality products with outstanding service. You can rely on Core Mark Metals to help you reach your goals. Their innovative solutions will keep your business and projects running smoothly. Whether you're looking to manufacture a product to bring to market, needing thousands of parts fabricated to impeccable standards, or building a trailer in your garage. Cormark Metals will ensure you meet your goal. To find out more about their extensive stock of metal hardware or to explore their menu of fabrication and design services, join them at CormarkMetals.com. That's CormarkMetals.com. Or visit one of their newly remodeled retail centers to speak with a friendly and knowledgeable team member. You can shop metals or hardware and get inspired. Cormark Metals, where technology and creativity meet. You stopped solving your own problems years ago. Now you have a staff to do that for you. But it won't help you with your biggest dilemma, her Christmas gift. Well, do what you do best. Surround yourself with good people. The professionals at Wixon Jewelers. Wixon's already knows what she wants. It's diamonds or a fine watch. Wixon's will make it so easy for you. No mall crowds. Easy in, easy out. Problem solved. Why would you go anywhere else? Wixon Jewelers Bloomington. Celebrating 30 years of making Christmas bright. WixonJewelers.com. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help the station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. 
Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag NARNShow. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Continuing discussion on some of the national news from this past week. And by the way, <laughs> whenever I bring up Jim Cramer, I can't help but think uh, about when he was uh, he was one of the moderators on a uh, presidential candidate debate back in 2012 when Obama was running for re-election and you had all these uh, different Republicans like Mitt Romney, Newt Gingrich, Rick Perry. Uh, I think um, I think Ron Paul was still in the race, Rick Santorum, and uh, Jim Cramer. I mean, you know, moderators when they ask questions are usually pretty eloquent. It's like for the past several years, the stock market has lost X number of points and X percentage. The Dow has been down this much, that much. What policies do you think you should implement in, in an effort to stem the tide of this? And then, and then, of course, Jim Cramer comes in. The stock market lost a lot of money. How do you know? He just starts practically screaming his questions. Like, whoa, Jim, rein it in. I guess the guy's only has guy probably only has one volume. Sounds more entertaining, though. Yeah. Jim Cramer, Mitch Berg, separated at birth. Have you ever seen him in the same room? I'm just saying. I'm just saying there. It is. Yeah, Jim Cramer is actually uh, Mitch Berg's uh, Twitter avatar. Fun fact. I don't know oh. if you knew that or not. So, <laughs> Jeez, maybe we shouldn't have given away that secret. Yeah, right. Uh, anyways, I digress. So uh, Kamala Harris, she gone. Uh, this is uh, from Politico. Kamala Harris is ending her presidential campaign after months of failing to lift her candidacy from the bottom of the field. A premature departure for a California senator once heralded as a top-tier contender for the nomination. Harris told aides of her intentions in an all-staff call on Tuesday, and a person familiar with the conversation said she sounded distraught. While Harris had qualified for the December debate in her home state later this month, she was running dangerously low on cash, lacking the resources to air TV ads in Iowa, and her staff was gripped by long-running internal turmoil. Still, the news came as a shock to some of her biggest supporters. Just as Harris was announcing the news internally, a super PAC had cleared more than $1 million in TV ads to boost her struggling campaign. The ad, which argued she was the best-equipped candidate to take on President Donald Trump, was canceled. It's funny, I, when I, 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 it was on Tuesday when she officially ended her campaign. I was actually... Sitting at my desk, uh, you know, eating my lunch. I like to take a quick lunch and get back to work so I can go home earlier. <laughs> and I usually uh, peruse Twitter and, you know, occasionally bang out a blog post because blogging is its best show prep. And then my show prep is done for the week. And I saw where Kamala Harris was canceling a prominent fundraiser. And I looked at, the, I read that. And I'm like, ooh, that's a precursor to her probably getting out because, you know, she's been down in single digits as far in the, uh, polling for the Democrat candidates. So I was going to bang out a blog post basically saying, yeah, this is probably the beginning of the end for the Harris campaign. And then I went on Twitter to find something else. And all of a sudden, there was this political article saying it's official Kamala Harris is out. So I pretty much had to scrap my whole post saying she's probably going to be out and saying, yeah, she's definitely out. And and uh, I, again, did write about it on bradcarlson.org. Uh, to me, uh, 
this is just another case of Kamala Harris, her stock being so high when she got in the race because of the left's obsession with identity politics. That's really all this is. What 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 did Kamala Harris do as Attorney General of California and then U.S. Senator out of California that prompted this uh, excitement that she was going to be able to go toe-to-toe with Trump and, and, and defeat him? Wasn't anything in her record. In fact, it's a, it's a, her record is actually a detriment because as Attorney of G- General of California, they were uh, doling out unconscionably I mean, this wasn't her specifically, but there were unconscionably long sentences for seemingly low-level offenders. And Charles C.W. Cook wrote about this at uh, at National Review, is that um, she is a would-be tyrant whose primary contribution to American life uh, thus far has been to fight tooth and nail to uphold wrongful convictions that had been secured through official mis- misconduct that included evidence tampering, false testimony, and the suppression of crucial information by prosecutors. Uh, Harris also has openly promised to act without Congress, you know, like during one of the, I mean, this was during the Philadelphia shooting, where this gentleman did not want to be taken into custody, so he started just opening fire on police officers that approached his apartment, okay, before they finally arrested him, and she said, you know what, I've had it, um... If, if Congress doesn't act within the first 100 days on gun, these gun legislations, I'm going to take executive action. Okay, kind of violates the Constitution, kind of skirts that whole separation of power thingy, but she was going to do it anyways. Uh, also, she showed us exactly who she is during the Kavanaugh hearings at which she implied that she knew something terrible about the nominee for the sole purpose of sharing the insinuation on her Twitter feed. Harris is a woman who, if successful, quote-unquote successful, would have overseen the mass confiscation of millions of firearms, the seizing of patents, the federalization of abortion law, and depending on the polling, the elimination of, again, her word, the private health insurance plans of 180 million people. So, again, I ask, what in her record made her such a formidable candidate? Nothing that I could see. And, again, this, her her rise in the standings, so to speak, was due to the left's obsession with identity politics. Again, get your out identity scorecard. Minority, check. Woman, check. Okay? That That's what the left is obsessed with that. All things being equal, if two candidates have a record, similar record, they're going to take, you know, one who has more check marks on the identity scorecard. That's just how they operate. And, that, you know, that's fine. You can you can choose a candidate. Your criteria for a candidate can be whatever it is. That's what's great about this country is you can decide to vote for someone for whatever reason you so desire, how, however shallow or superficial the reason might be. But that's your right. It really is. But we saw all over Twitter, like oh, look at this. The Democrats are they're they're just like the Republicans. They're they're they're, they're trying to keep a, a minority women woman down. It's just they're right. It's rife with white supremacy, and. You know, this this to me is the most frustrating chanting point I've heard. I mean, far be it for me to to tell the Democrats they're making fools out of themselves. More power to you. All right. But serious question here. Is it possible, just slightly possible, that a minority candidate, female candidate, is it possible that their ideas are substandard? Is that ever possible? Or are they just being opposed because they're a minority or they're a female? That's a serious question. Because that is, nothing was ever talked about with her record. I mean, on Twitter, no one defended Kamala Harris's record. Oh, look at all she's done as Attorney General of California and then as, as a U.S. Senator out of California. Look at her, look at everything that she has done. None of that. It was all referring to her gender or race. And... I'm sorry. The Republican uh, lineup in 2016 was far more diverse. You had a couple of Cuban-Americans in Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. You had an African-American in Ben Carson. You had female, Carly Fiorina. Okay? Democrat, uh, the Republican uh, uh, candidates in 2016 were, far, were more diverse than what 
the Democrats have now. Should that matter? Not entirely. Diversity is a good thing as long as you're all working together toward the same goal. But I'll just leave with this. The most delicious depart- the most delicious parts of this uh, de- development for me, Kamala Harris dropping out, one is Tulsi Gabbard, the candidate who Dems loathe the most due to her epic takedown of Kamala Harris's record in one of the debates. Tulsi Gabbard remains in the race. And secondly, uh, on the debate stage this December, the candidates, Biden, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Sanders, Steyer, and Warren. What do they have all in common? They're all white people. Yes, I'm including Elizabeth Warren in that. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only $19.95. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAB Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services, so your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at wnav-video.com. Mitch Berg from the Northern Alliance here for Kingdom Builders. You've heard them on this station. They say they're not great salesmen, just great roofers. But if you're a homeowner, you've heard the horror stories from your neighbors about roofers who were great salesmen, but terrible roofers, about contractors with no integrity. So my first call was to the roofers who make their integrity the center, not just of their business, but of their lives. That's the kingdom builders. And yeah, they are great roofers. I have a challenging roof. Third floor, lots of details, and it was last re-roofed when I was just out of high school. And yet... From the moment they showed up, I had the confidence. I wasn't just going to get a great roof. I wasn't going to get that heartburn you get when trying out a new contractor. So, yeah, they are great roofers and genuinely great people to work with. And I have the nicest-looking roof on my block. So call 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. Or find them online at thekingdombuilders.net. Tell them Mitch Berg sent you, and he loves his new roof. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. No, no it is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. No, no Check out my blog. My it's bradcarlson.org. So and here to take your phone calls. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag NarnShow hashtag NARN Show. Any comments or questions? I uh, just want to clarify something as I was wrapping up the last segment. I talked about the most delicious developments of Kamala Harris dropping out of the race. One of the things I mentioned is how the debate stage will be uh, Biden, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Sanders, Steyer, and Warren, all white people. Uh, I'm not rejoicing that the Democrat electorate is all white. That's not why. That's not what I was implying. I'm just saying it was delicious because the left is so sold out to identity politics that it ends up biting them in the hind end. 
because their number one goal is to defeat Donald Trump. And it should be regardless of who the candidate is. But yet they are so morally offended when a minority woman gets out, is ousted from the race because she's not raising money or she doesn't have a lot of support that all of a sudden their party is rife with misogyny and, and uh, white supremacy. So I was just saying it's a delicious development because uh, this has come back to bite the left, and uh, I'm enjoying them see see their uh, spin doctoring on this one. That's that's all I was saying. Okay, I'm not rejoicing over an all-white electorate, all right? Not at all. I mean, that should go without saying, but I thought I would clarify it anyways. But like I said, when we come up with a, um, come up with a um, uh, hard break, sometimes you have to kind of rush your thoughts there a little bit. So that may not have been as well thought out. So there you have it. Uh, I... I'm hesitant to bring this uh, this uh, particular uh, story up, but I did want to because we talk about sports and culture a lot on this on this broadcast. Uh, I saw something uh, petition being circulated by a lot of my Facebook friends, and Fox News picked it up. It was about uh, Michael Vick, uh, the former Atlanta Falcons quarterback, who is one of four Legends captains at the 2020 Pro Bowl. And it's a petition that has generated hundreds of thousands of signatures due to his past history of animal abuse that was uncovered nearly 12 years ago. As of Saturday at 4 p.m., more than 283,000 people had signed the petition started by Joanna Lind on Change.org with the goal of removing the former quarterback from a role where he would, quote, be honored, close quote, and act as a mentor for the players. Just saw this on Facebook and was absolutely disgusted, Lind wrote. When is the NFL going to take any responsibility for the behavior of its current and former players? To honor a man who had zero regard for animals is unacceptable, and I would like your help to make sure he is not honored at the 2020 NFL Pro Bowl. Well, first, He's paid his dues. Come on. First of all, the Pro Bowl, no one cares. Yeah, nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl's dumb. But that's where I was going. It's like, okay... Is there ever a point where someone can be redeemed of their past sins? Apparently not. I mean, within the context of uh, uh, of the Bible, yes, of course. But we're talking about society. We're talking about life, where people can be go to jail, be rehabilitated, because he served nearly two year, about a year and a half of a two year sentence uh, in Leavenworth, and he lost his job, was making a ton of money in the NFL. All right, he lost that job. Obviously, any endorsements he had a lot of high-profile endorsements, given the uh, dynamic athlete that he was. So he lost everything, went bankrupt. Now, again, I'm not saying that to gin up sympathy for the guy. You reap what you sow. There are consequences to your actions, and he has suffered consequences. And then, when he was released from jail ten years ago, what has he done in ten years since he was released from jail to still elicit these kind of reactions? Anything? I mean, from what I understand, his family even bought a dog. All right? Now, don't you think that if there had been any other incidents that have cropped up with Michael Vick in the past 10 years, they would have been exploded all over social media? Of course they would. So that's the question I have, is in these people's minds, and again, if you're one of these people who signed this petition, I'd like to hear from you, 651 289-4488. If you're one of these people who signed this petition or at least support it, that Michael Vick should be removed from his role as an honorary captain at the Pro Bowl because of his uh, dogfighting ring, call me up. Let me hear from you because I have a a question. I'm not being confrontational. I I just want to ascertain the mindset. What more does he have to do to be redeemed to where he can be part of the NFL again and participate in activities? You know, again, it's all part of the whole F. Scott Fitzgerald thing. It is possible to hold two thoughts diametrically opposed to each other in your mind and yet still be a functioning human being. Because I don't think I'm going out of limb by saying dogfighting is abhorrent, abusing animals and killing them when they no longer serve your purpose is disgusting. And the way it was done, I'm not even going to recount the way it was done because I, I just the image in my mind shocks and horrifies me. We have a little dog at home. Can't imagine something like that happened to that animal. 
I mean, when I forget her outside and she's outside an extra three minutes in the cold, I'm practically freaking out, you know? <laughs> right. I can't imagine heaping horrible abuses on her. Mm-hmm. So I get that. But at the same time, we have a prison system, and prison is supposed to be rehabilitation, where you're supposed to have your freedom taken away, where you think about the offenses and the affronts you've committed. And once you're released, hopefully you're a better human being. Mm-hmm. And Michael Vick, like I say, the last 10 years has a family. The family even purchased a dog, was able to resume a career in the NFL, had a few successful years with the Philadelphia Eagles. So what does he have to do in order for you to not have these illicit reactions toward him? Because people were calling him a, calling him a piece of excrement. You know, this piece of excrement doesn't deserve anything. Uh, why? Has, are you saying he didn't pay a high enough price? I get it. You can't bring these animals back. They're gone and it's horrible and it's tragic, but I, I'm asking, what does he have to do in order to be back to just be able to do things that he could before he went to prison? He has been campaigning for animal rights since 2011, so just right when he was getting back into the league after his prison sentence, uh, he helped uh, kind of get, get some established called the Animal Fighting Spectator Prohibition Act, which would f- establish federal misdemeanor penalties for spectators of illegal animal fighting and would make it a felony for adults to bring children to fight. Now, I don't know if that was actually put into uh, play in terms of a legal thing, and now the Internet's crashed, so now I can't look up any further. So um, I, I'd have to look up also some of the other charitable things that he's done. Um, but again, I mean... Unfortunately, sins of people kind of speak the loudest in terms of how people view other people's lives. And does Michael Vick need to be held accountable? Yes, for those actions, absolutely. Um, But in my opinion, he paid the price, he went to jail, and there has been absolutely no evidence whatsoever that he's even, I don't want to use this word, but I will, I guess, relapse to any type of behavior such as this. And, um, you know, again, you hold him accountable for the sins that he's made in his life and the uh, misdeeds that he's done. But at the same time, you can also uh, see the redemption in this man. And I think even if you just observe uh, Michael Vick as just a simple spectator, even if you're not a big football fan, even if you're not crazy into animal rights, you can look at this guy and understand that he's actually very genuine and he's doing something to try to make the world better when he at one point in his life was doing something to make the world worse. Benjamin Watson, veteran tight end, he's now with the, uh, back with the Patriots, uh, spent a lot of his career with the uh, Patriots, also with the uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, he said uh, you know, he saw this uh, a link from Sports Illustrated about this petition where there's more than 200,000 that signed it for the removal of Michael Vick as honorary Pro Bowl captain. And Benjamin Watson just laid it out. He said, Michael Vick has paid his debt 17 months of Le- in Leavenworth over a decade ago. The names on this petition are unaware or more likely unconcerned with justice and truth. I mean, a lot of these people who sign this petition probably are of the social justice warrior ilk, you know, where they're where they're abhorred by animals being slaughtered, but yet uh, dismembering a baby in the third trimester is a woman's right. Okay, I don't mean to generalize, but. I, if I if I were to drop a Venn diagram, I bet you there there'd be significant overlap. <laughs> All right. So that that's that's the question I have is it, is is there anything he can do to to make up for this? I mean, you know, some people are unreasonable. Well, I think he should be put through with those animals, put through electric shock and held underwater and beaten and this and that. I mean, you know, that's not reasonable. Okay, yeah. it's not. Uh, but like I say. This is what prison does. This is what it's supposed to do. And we've lost sight of that over a yeah. generation. I get that. Is it supposed to be rehabilitating to allow you to reenter society and live a productive life? And as Jason indicated, it seems over the past decade, Michael Vick has done that. And I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that he's not under a microscope by not only the public, but obviously, you know, probationary officials, if he's still under some sort of probation, I don't know that. But Uh, but I also, why did it take a Pro Bowl to get everybody uh, up in arms about this kind of stuff? Why this? Why not when, back in 2017, uh, Vic was brought in by Andy Reid of the Chiefs to be a coach? Why not when he started becoming an analyst for Fox Sports 1? Why did it take the Pro Bowl, the Honestly, the least interesting football game in the NFL, let's right. be honest. Why did it take why this? It's just a weird domino to fall. 
I, I I have a feeling because he was named an honorary captain, and so you that, give that might trigger people. So you honorary, give him that, you give him that title, and then all of a sudden yeah. people lose honorary. Their minds. There's okay. nothing honorable about this man. It's only speculation. I don't know. It's weird. And, and again, I you know a lot. A fair number of my Facebook friends have been sharing this around social media, urging their friends to sign the petition. I'm not going to. Um, you know, again, and it's not because I don't. Uh, that's not because I uh, am an advocate for torturing animals, abusing animals. Of course not. Animals. No. Of course not. Mm-hmm. All right. But I'm just saying that I felt he paid his dues and he was given an opportunity. And Tony Dungy, uh, as a reputable person as there is, helped mentor Michael Vick when he was reentering the NFL in 2009. Tony Dungy is as upstanding a character as there is. All right. And so. If Tony Dungy was willing to vouch for him and put his own good name on the line, then that said a lot to me personally. I said, "Okay, if Tony Dungy is willing to vouch for him, okay, he he, I'll I'll we'll see what happens. He can get a second chance. He went on to play another four or five years in the league, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and had some good years. And then obviously, as he got older, his skills deteriorated and moved on. But like you said, he's done other things, and you know, I'd say that uh, he's been he's made contributions to society. But I don't know if anybody wanted to call in on this or if anybody signed this petition, if you, you want to uh, convey what you thought. But I, I just thought this was interesting. And kudos to Benjamin Watson. You know, he's a staunch pro-lifer, very much uh, talking about pro-life issues. So he's not afraid to wade into controversial topics, and he just laid it right out there. He says, hey, he's paid his debt. Um, you know, he's apparently you're unconcerned with justice and truth, which is kind of ironic for people who call themselves social justice warriors. Not all 200,000 people, but I would venture to say a good number of them. Love the sin or hate the sin. Back with one final segment this hour. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. It's me, Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. If you are experiencing hair loss, let this be the year to make a new hairs resolution. I'd like to introduce you to the only permanent solution to hair loss. I need more hair.com. Hi, I'm Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. You will find some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in Minnesota. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair, and they can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Let this be the year to make a new hair's resolution. Check out INeedMoreHair.com. Digital marketing is a big part of just about every business. It's everywhere. Is your business using it to your advantage? Are you receiving your share of the leads? If you're not effectively using digital media, you could be losing sales by the second. Even worse, your customers can be grabbed up one by one, never to return. Not sure if you're losing out to the competition? Salem Surround can help you. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into leads. Salem Surround is a full-service digital agency providing you with all your marketing under one roof. Total market penetration for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn more how we can help you place your advertising message in front of today's digital consumers. Salem Surround helps deliver customers by putting your business message in front of the right person at the right time. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Come on into the Rack Shack's new Egan location and wrap your taste buds around the Patriot Burger. Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, here with Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue. How are you liking that new Egan location? Oh man, Egan is wonderful. We have so much more space and a dynamic center that allows us to better serve our in-store customer as well as our catering clients. You know, Keith, our listeners love the Patriot Burger almost as much as the Patriot. It's a brisket and chuck half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through American cheese 
cheese on top, and the American flag proudly flies out of the top of the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Get it? $12.80? Best burger in the USA. You really have to try it today at the Rack Shack Barbecue's new Egan location. We're just a mile east of Cedar Avenue on Cliff Road in the heart of Cedar Cliff Center. You'll love our new digs. Come and see us today or join us at RackShackBarbecue.com. Rack Shack Barbecue, Welcome back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. One final segment this hour of the closer edition of the Narn. I did want to talk some more about Democrat presidential candidates in the news. Uh, mayor Pete Buttigieg, of course, he's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and is a Democrat candidate for president. Uh, there was a story that came out about him this past week. And from the magazine called Out, you can find it at out.com. It's a publication obviously directed towards the LGBTQ community. Headline, Pete Buttigieg volunteered for the homophobic Salvation Army. (gasps) Again, this is where leftist identity politics is just so insufferable. First of all, I'll read the first couple of paragraphs. It's nice to see politicians using their platforms to give back to their communities during the holiday season, except when they do it with organizations that historically exclude LGBTQ people. The same day news broke that Kamala Harris would be dropping out of the presidential race, 2017 photos resurfaced of fellow candidate Pete Buttigieg spotted outside South Bend, Indiana restaurant Pegs. Buttigieg was there for the Red Kettle Ring-Off, during which local public officials collect donations for the Salvation Army, something he's apparently been doing for years. (gasps) He also held a mayoral event at a Salvation Army Center in South Bend last year. (gasps) Honest to God, this, this is just the Salvation Army for literally, literally more than a century have been doing things for the community like providing food and clothing and shelter. And if needy families don't have enough money to buy their children Christmas gifts, they'll provide gifts, literally for more than a century. So where this anti-LGBTQ business came from, I have no idea. It would be one thing if they excluded homeless people who were looking for food and shelter from coming into their uh, shelter if they homeless person was gay do do they do they uh, do they verify that before letting people in do they do they verify uh that a family is run by the nu- is a nuclear family where it's a the, the male husband female wife before allowing the kids to have christmas gifts because unless they're doing that i don't understand where the anti lgbtq thing comes from are they a christian organization that believes in biblically-based marriage, one man, one woman? Yeah, of course. Is that where you're getting the anti-LGBTQ? I'm not, not understanding this. And, and again, another area where, where this identity politics that the left puts out is so insufferable is how they feel it's their duty to tell a black person whether they're black enough or not, or to tell a gay person whether they're the right type of gay or not. I mean, to me, that is the most bigoted language I've ever heard. Okay. I mean, look at the awful things that Ben Carson has, has been called just because he accepted an appointment in the Trump administration or because he had the audacity to run as a Republican for president back in 2015, 2016, that sort of thing. Or all of the, uh, gay conservatives, you know, there are, there are a good number of them. And here's an inconvenient fact. Trump is the first president in history to have been pro-gay marriage from day one of his first term. Barack Obama wasn't. He evolved near the end of his first term. But he was against gay marriage when he first uh, took the White House in January 2009. Okay? But yet, any, any conservative who's gay that works for the Trump administration, they're not the right type of gay. Uh, I, I may be mixing up uh, who said this, but was it Kamala who said if you are not 
black enough, then we don't want your voice out there. If you're not gay enough, we don't want your voice out there or something like that. That was one of the squad, uh, Congresswoman Ayanna Press. Okay, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. I couldn't remember exactly But that's another was. example of it. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, see, here's, here's what I don't understand. It was you. There were individuals who put literally put their lives on the line back in the seventies, seventies and eighties, marching in these gay pride parades when it was very socially unacceptable, and were putting their well-being, physical well-being, on the line doing that. But they did it because they didn't want to have to hide in the shadows anymore. They wanted to come out and live their own lives. And and I've said it a hundred times on this show. It's the antithesis of freedom by saying that once you come out and live the way you want to live, that you have to walk in lockstep with a certain political ideology. This is what the left demands. It's like, well, you know, it was uh, the, this, uh, these pride parades in the 70s and 80s, they gave, you know, they made it so you can live freely and openly, so you should walk in lockstep with their ide- ideology. That flies in the face of living freely and openly. And here's another thing. I'm sure Pete Buttigieg was well aware that the Salvation Army was a Christian organization and as such subscribed to the biblical view of marriage, one man and one woman. Pete Buttigieg is married to a man. Didn't seem to bother him. Because why? Because he looks at the bigger picture. The Salvation Army is helping families, feeding families, clothing them, giving them shelter, helping the homeless, preaching the gospel to them. And when families are in need during the Christmas season, blessing their kids with gifts. Never once, I would be willing to bet, has the Salvation Army said, well, ain't no gay people living in your house, are there? Because if there are, boy, we can't, can't give them Christmas gifts because that goes against our beliefs. I don't think they've ever done that. And believe me, if there was just anecdotal evidence that they've ever denied service to a gay person when they needed food or shelter, it would be blown up above the fold in every major newspaper publication. But because they subscribe to the biblical worldview of marriage, they're anti-LGBTQ, and, and this is something that also drives me nuts, okay? Because you may disagree with someone's worldview or their stance that you're against them or you're anti that person. It's ridiculous. There's way more nuance to it than that. But apparently that takes too much effort. So uh, you can tell that Pete Buttigieg is now starting to rise in the polls a little bit. Now that Kamala Harris is out, that's more room for Buttigieg to maybe expand uh, his influence and and uh, his polling numbers, and because there is that prospect, he's got a bigger target on his back. Okay, so and again, I hate having to defend Pete Buttigieg because this is a guy who basically claims that Christians who support Trump are racist, but his worldview says that if you don't want tax dollars coerced from yourself or if, you, or if you're against a woman getting a third trimester abortion, you're not the right kind of qu- Christian. Hate defending a guy like that, but I will where it's warranted. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Turn on. I loved playing high school sports. I loved the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry, and I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called, and neither did the pros. So, to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now, as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Minnesota did. And now... I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. If you're looking to purchase a new watch, do yourself a favor and visit Wicks and Jewelers. Once you see their collections that feature the world's most exclusive watch brands, you'll understand why Wixens was named one of the leading watch retailers in the entire country. They have the best selection of fine timepieces in the Midwest, and you can even trade in your old watch towards the watch of your dreams. With such an impressive collection of luxury watches for both men and women, you're sure to find the perfect piece. Visit the watch experts at Wicks and Jewelers, just off 35W in Bloomington. Tall, blind, and plumbing, and drains.
Legendary service, install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. New name, same legendary service. At Paul Bunyan Plumbing and Drains, there's no plumbing, drain, or sewer problem too big or too small. We do it all. To show thanks, we're offering $100 off any plumbing repair. We'll serve you the way you want to be served, and you can trust that we'll be on time every time. We stand by our work and our people. Paul Bunyan Plumbing and Drains. New name, same legendary service. Quit smoking, chew, and vaping with a special half-price offer from AM1280 The Patriot and Breathe Freedom from Nicotine. Get one program for $250. That's half price for the faster, easier, and more effective way to quit smoking. There's a limited number of these half-off deals available. It's just $250 for one person, and you could save thousands this year. Call The Patriot today at 651-405-8800. That's 651-405-8800. Imagine sharing a prayer request from your phone and seeing as those around the world take your request before God. The new Pray With Me prayer app will connect you with other Christians worldwide who have experienced the power of prayer and know the encouragement it can provide. Visit PrayWithMe.com to discover how your faith can grow when we pray without ceasing. Receive prayer. Pray for others at PrayWithMe.com. AM 1280, The Patriot.